Welcome to the Cape Verse Podcast. I am your host Seb, and with me is my co-host Thomas, and today we are going to be doing a 2021 wrap-up of all the films and TV shows that came out in that year. So, Thomas, how would you sum up 2021 with one word? How would you sum up 2021 with one word? Uh, oh, with one word? With one word. Um, disjointed. That's a very... Okay, I'll, I'll accept that. Do you, do you want to explain to our you, you viewers or our listeners what disjointed our means? Viewers. <laughs> <laughs> our viewers of an audio format. I'd say disjointed because since we're on the tail end of a pandemic, all the major movie studios took 2021 as the year to figure out how to release movies. Mm-hmm. Now that cinemas were opening back up, now that streaming services were you know, in full swing, a lot of movie studios try to figure out how they would actually release their products. And it's been very um, disjointed. Disjointed. Some people have done it better than others. You know, I, I think it's been a strange year of releases because a movie gets released and you've no idea where you'll be able to see it. That's true. And you're also going to have to like spend on subscriptions and I don't even know where to watch these films and, and what subscription I need to get. It's just all over the place, you know? Yes, so we're going to be doing a wrap-up of a variety of films and TV shows. In total, we have 12 categories to go through. Um, should I rattle through the categories just now or leave it as a surprise? We'll, we'll say them as we go. We'll say them as we go. Is, is there a specific category you would like to start off with first? We are starting off with uh, drama. We're going to... Because basically what we're going to do is we're going to talk about categories of films we're going to talk about the kind of biggest films in those categories and say what our personal favorites are as we move through the categories kind of like a really shit awards uh ceremony yeah um it's like the oscars it's more like the golden globes because that's what they did the golden globes this year was like a press release where they'd release it online bit by bit there was no ceremony it was just yeah hey so and so won and that's basically what we're doing we are as relevant as the Golden Globes. Should we give ourselves a name? The Twat Awards. The Twat Awards. Excellent. The Twat uh, Awards. Well, welcome to the Twat Awards. The first... The Golden Twat Awards. The Golden... There we go. <laughs> welcome to the first Golden Twat Awards. Uh, I feel like I should have done that as our opening. Oh, well, it's too late now. Um, <laughs> so, yeah. Next year. Next, next, year. next year. Next year. For the second Golden Twat Awards. I, I'm, I'm looking forward to it. <laughs> You know, I feel we're, I feel we'll be more organised for the second Golden Twat Awards than the first one, but you've got to start somewhere, right? Um, so yes, drama is our first category. Do you want to read out the how many films have we got? Five. There's, there's, we've got kind of five in each category, more or less. There's some that have some what? More. Ten. <laughs> <laughs> it's fine. We'll we'll get to it when we get to it. Okay. Um. So yeah, I guess um. For 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 drama, the the picks that we've gone for the top picks are Cherry, Pig, The Last Duel, House of Gucci, and King Richard. I'm I'm gonna be honest. Which know. we've not seen yet. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, no. I've I've seen Cherry. I, I could have watched Last Duel. It was on Disney Plus, but you sent the list ten minutes before we started recording, so I couldn't really. Um, watched the last <laughs> duel, so, um, but but my mum and dad saw House of Gucci, so I have some info into that film. My flatmate also watched it, so I've got some general background with 
those two films. Um, I walked past it. I walked past the poster of it when I went to go see Spider-Man twice. So <laughs> you I, talk about it that. I, I saw Spider-Man three you times. Know, you know what? I, I, I think it's worth pointing out that in a year when there are movies struggling to get released and, you know, directors have to, like, postpone their works to release at the optimum time, fucking Ridley Scott got two movies released in one year. Yeah. Oh, yes, he did he Last Duel. He directed Jewel. House of Gucci uh-huh. and The Last Duel. Yeah. Both. Should we start with those two films? We'll start with those two films. Yeah. Um, from What, what I... do you think of these two movies you've not seen? Well, from what I've heard from various sources, well, House of Gucci... Your mum and dad. And my flatmate, Cornelia. Shout out to Cornelia. <laughs> um, House of Gucci, very disappointing. You know, the trailer sets it out to be this great, you know family story with a lot of drama a lot of twists and turns from my three sources it was way too long and the story focused on really random parts you know like the relationship between adam driver and lady gaga like i don't even know the characters names their love story is explored in like the first five ten minutes or 15 minutes and then that that's their love, love story all done and dusted i love the confidence with which you are reviewing a movie that you have not seen. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe I shouldn't watch these films and just go with the sheer confidence going like, I know what I'm talking about when I really don't. Yeah, just make stuff up. Just make stuff up. Oh, yeah, that that bit in the second act where the dragon turned up, that was really fucking weird. I had a driver to fight a dragon. What was that about? Just make shit up, man. It just, works. Just lie. It works. It's, you say it with confidence. And you're fine. But no, apparently it, was, it wasn't it was as good as the trailer had made it out to be. And that's a common thing with shows and films. I feel some trailers are amazing than the actual film. You're right there. Trailers are becoming kind of like an art form in themselves. Mm-hmm. And like you can watch a really good trailer. And like that little two second, like two minute video will have more emotion and more like intrigue than the actual product it's advertising yeah um i mean it's like uh i i love the crown season four but i think my favorite part of the crown season four is the trailer the trailer season four i'm i'm the same the trailer's really fucking good i i was i'm interested in in all of these movies to be fair because uh the last jewel looks like you know a a kind of classic medieval film yeah house of gucci had like a really fantastic cast cherry was like showing a bit more I saw um, that. Artistic depth of... Um, well, we've talked about that in a sec. It seemed to have like more artistic depth for Tom Holland as an actor, where he's not just doing like an action funny guy. Yeah, yeah. Um, and <laughs> Pig has Nicolas Cage in it, you know? It's, it's... However, for, for the months leading up to King Richard's um, release, I kept thinking it was an adaptation of Shakespeare's King Richard. Is it not? And I was like, well, no, because I was like, wow, fucking Will Smith taking on Shakespeare. That's like a massive, like, divergence for him, you know? Because you don't really see many American actors take on Shakespeare. Yeah. And no, it's actually about Serena Williams' dad. Oh, is it that one? Oh. Yeah. Oh, I've just... That that was another example of a good trailer. Um, I haven't seen the film or read about the film, but the trailer looks good, you know? <laughs> it's just... I've not seen the trailer. <laughs> it's I've a not good... seen the trailer. It's a good trailer. I'm tempted to say um, that's the best film in this category solely because of its trailer. <laughs> Above the movie that you have actually seen. <laughs> well, I would like to actually talk about the film that I saw in this category, Cherry, the one with Tom Holland. Um, did you know that it was the Russo brothers directing this one? 
Yes. It's what's their um, production company called? Is it oh. Agbo? <laughs> Agbo Studios. They made it in 2016, which is around about the time they made Civil War, mm-hmm. and they're using it as a as a opportunity for MCU actors to to kind of spread their wings a little bit yeah. in other avenues, try different characters, different stories. And I think for them, it gives them something to do after um, after making the biggest movies ever. Because yeah. if you make... I think it's why James Cameron didn't do anything after Avatar. He just did like documentaries and stuff. Because when you make something that is so big, your next project Has is going to be, be like... Yeah, people are going to go through it with a fucking fine... What's the what's the term? Fine tooth comb is that it? Um, because yeah, he's he they did um, Twenty One Bridges with Chadwick yeah. Boseman. Yeah. They did Extraction with oh, so um, they did. Chris Hemsworth. Interesting fact. Yeah. Uh, the director of that film was a stunt double from Civil War. So it's it's not just actors. So it's he also, was yeah. It's also like the whole production in Marvel giving them you know stepping stones to show off their talent. And I swear that's getting a sequel. So get on it. It seems that their next directing um, foray, their next attempt to direct a movie, is going to be The Grey Man, which is another Agbo production with um, Chris, Chris Evans. Yeah. So it's it's interesting. It, it it gives these actors who, you know, if you play a character for so long, mm-hmm. you might get seen as typecast. Yeah. And I guess this gives those actors an opportunity to go against the grain mm. so do you think it was successful for tom holland to play the character in cherry i watched this with my um old flatmate and we both thought uh it was a film solely to show off uh, acting abilities by various actors tom holland he, he's, he's good in the film i would it wouldn't be something i go back and watch again and again you know i think it's about like three hours um like the story is just a bit dull but the acting by tom holland's good it's basically uh, this student who falls in love and then joins the military and he comes back and then, you know, he's got PTSD and he does, takes drugs and then goes to prison. You know, it's that type of story. And, and it's literally just that, you know. It's a love story um, between Tom Holland and this other young, promising actress. The scenes where they're, you know, taking drugs and everything, that's their acting, you know. That's them showing off, like, look at me. I can act. Look at me, film industry. Pick me in one of your other films. I'm not just Spider-Man. I I, I remember um, I remember seeing a movie. I think it's I think it's a oh, what's it called? What's her name? Emily Blunt. I think it's called like the Woman Next Door or the Woman on the Train or one oh, of those yes, types yes. of titles. Oh yes, based based on the book. Yeah, Women on the Train. Yeah, I remember watching that and I remember thinking, this is such a look at me acting yeah, type movie. Yeah. There's like a scene where and it felt so like staged and so like overly dramatic where she comes into a room and there's police officers and it felt very much like she was doing a performance it didn't feel like natural yeah. i think a lot of the time that happens when you make a movie with the sole intention of i'm gonna put this up for oscars then people act as if they're trying to get an oscar yeah and i think a lot of the movies that do that you know go on to be successful and go on to remain in pop culture are the movies where they're just good movies they yeah. weren't trying to get an award. They weren't trying to fucking build a franchise. They're like, hey, let's make a good movie. Mm-hmm. That that was literally you know? it. Um, and it wasn't. I felt it wasn't just for the actors as well. I felt maybe a tiny bit was also for the directors, the Russo brothers. Like, yeah, they made like 
you know, the best films. Did, or did they actually direct it? Yeah, they directed it. Yeah, they didn't just produce it, they directed it. Um, and I and I also felt it was them going like, look at us. We don't just direct big CGI superhero films. We know how to film. I suppose that was their first... I suppose that was their first uh, directing attempt after Endgame. Mm, um, so but, when I so when I said that their next directing attempt after Endgame was the Grey Man, you you knew that wasn't true, and you just let me say it. Yeah, I just wanted the listeners to know that you were wrong, and <laughs> I was successful, so I managed to achieve that. Oh, God, that, that, that I think it's good. more likely you just weren't listening to me, <laughs> were you? <laughs> no, no, no. I deliberately planned this. This was all part of the plan, and. Um, so what about the other films? <laughs> Prick. <laughs> um, so if we had to rank... So that was just a quick overview of the films we've seen, obviously. Um, how would you rank them? What, what, what was the best one, Thomas? Because <laughs> you saw them all. Oh, of these five movies I've not seen. Um, you know what, right? Like we said recently, the Golden Globes were all announced. And the only one of these that I think got nominated or won an award, at least that I saw was King Richard. So I'm going to put that as best. Mm-hmm. And then I like Nicolas Cage, so I'm going Pig second, <laughs> and then Cherry, and then House of Gucci, and then The Last Duel. Yeah. Did you, I forgot to say an interesting And fact. that's mostly because I've got, I've, I've got a personal vendetta against Ridley Scott, because he <laughs> is the sole reason why we're not getting another Alien movie directed by Neil Blomkamp. Oh, he was going to do Alien yeah, 5, yeah, and then yeah. Ridley Scott fucking tanked it because he directed two bad prequels instead you know what that would actually be a really good podcast podcast episode but um no i would i would agree with that ranking there i did have one interesting fact about the last duel that i didn't realize that it was the screenplay was done by matt damon and ben affleck who are also in this film say that again Because it's zoned out. I'm so sorry. We'll we'll just move on to the next category. It's okay. The listeners. <laughs> no, are, no. Hey, hey. I'll tell I'll tell you why I zoned out. I zoned out because I saw a picture here. Breaking news, everyone. There was a mural seen on the set of Batgirl depicting Batman and Robin. Yes, I saw it, and I'm sure everyone else has seen it. But we're not talking about it in this podcast since you zoned out on my <laughs> fact. So, um, <laughs> I'm so sorry. We're moving I'm on. So no, no, it's okay, ma'am. It's uh, the listeners. <laughs> You know, you know what's really important is that listeners heard me. If they zoned out when listening to this podcast, um, then you know what have I got going for for myself? You know, um, it sounded like you zoned out listening to yourself talk. Maybe, maybe it's just me. My voice is. Why am I doing a podcast? <laughs> <laughs> right. So, um, musical musicals. Um, I'll, I'll read out the list of films that we were. We're going to talk about that we have obviously seen, right, Thomas? Yeah, obviously. Yeah. Obviously. So, so we've got In the Heights. Do you remember that one? Great film, right? Yeah, Lin Manuel Miranda. Yeah, yeah. Dear Evan Hansen. Uh, okay. Uh, tick, tick, boom. West Side Story. Everybody's talking about Jamie. Um, I've only seen Tick, Tick, Boom. What about you? Um, I have also seen Tick, Tick, Boom. Oh, great. We can talk about that in length then. (laughs) (laughs) You can't see the other. But you know what, right? I've got a strong reason for not seeing one of these films. Which one? Because I I didn't see West Side Story. I didn't see uh, everybody's talking about Jamie. Um, To be honest, it's only on this list because I was looking at musicals that was released this year. And that was the only other live-action musical that apparently got released. But I think it's like a British-only 
musical. I didn't even know what it think existed. It was like, yeah. yeah, me neither. Um, so that's obviously my number one. <laughs> yeah, um, that was such a no, good one. West Side, <laughs> West Side Story was a Steven Spielberg movie. Mm-hmm. Um, and what was really weird about that is the fact that the main actor is that guy from um, Fault in Our Stars. He was recently accused of sexual assault. Oh. And yet it was just brushed under the carpet. No one talked about it. It was just on James Corden doing interviews like nothing happened. And what was worse is that, like, I saw people going, oh, if you're going to see Spider-Man, you should, you should go and see, like, a real art movie. Go see West Side Story because that's, like, that's, as an art form, it's so much more um, ethical. And it's like the main actor is a potential sex offender. It just made me uncomfortable because it's so, he didn't come out and make a statement saying like, no, this isn't true. He didn't like prove his innocence or mm-hmm. anything like that. He didn't like fight his corner. It was just all very quickly brushed under the rug. And then the entire industry just seemed to go, no, that didn't happen. Let's just promote this movie. And I wonder if part of it is because it's a Steven Spielberg movie. Well, this is the thing. Um, like, I was looking into the film because I was going to see it at the weekend with my <gasps> brother and sister, but um, we decided no morals. We we decided to see Spider Man instead. Um, good man, good man. <laughs> I, I we saw I that was my third time. That was their second time. You know, we just <laughs> we were just like screw it, let's go for it. <laughs> um, but apparently, it's supposed to be a, a really good film. You know, the original. Yeah, is, par- apparently it is the. Uh, it's like the um, the, the one to watch adaptation of this yeah. musical. Yeah. People were saying it's Steven Spielberg's finest in the, since, you know, I don't know, something he did 10 years ago. I don't know. But it's like, <laughs> His finest since whenever. Whenever. Whenever he was good. Um, sorry, that's he was amazing. He's still amazing. Anyway, yeah, I didn't see it, so I can't comment on it. In the Heights, uh, was that the New York one? Yes. Yeah. Um, I'm just having a look here because I thought, I'm sure Lin-Manuel Miranda directed it. So I thought, I'll just I'll look that up just in case, because I could be wrong. And I was. It was directed by John, John, John M. Chu. But it says, based on In the Heights, by, I'm going to butcher this name, Kira Allegra Hudes? Hudes? I, I don't know who that is. I've, I've absolutely butchered that. I'm so sorry. But he seemed to co-write it with Lin-Manuel Miranda. Ah, there we go. Um, He's everywhere. I, I think this... Yeah, he is everywhere. I think this was the musical he did before Hamilton. I think I think he co-wrote this and then got it through because that did that was successful. He managed to do Hamilton, which is something he'd been working on for like oh. ten years or something like that. Um, and I think the person he worked on this movie with, or this original uh, screenplay with. Um, he also worked on them with Encanto, which we'll talk about later. Oh, he has had a busy year, honestly. He has had a busy year because he was he was the director of TikTok. T- keep I keep calling it TikTok Boom. Yeah, I know you've written it in your notes, TikTok Boom, and I know I, know, I, I deliberately I know. said TikTok Boom because I, <laughs> I know. I what corrected it's it in my notes, oh, but honestly. he he directed that, and that is based off a Jonathan Larson play. Mm-hmm. It was the writer of Rent. Yeah, um, I thought it was a great film. I really enjoyed it. I thought the music was. But great. I had no idea. Yeah, the music was fantastic. The music was really good. But because it is like an autobiographical, I thought it was like I thought it was something that Lin Manuel Miranda 
blah, 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 had created himself about like I thought it was like a fictional character. Yeah, but it wasn't. And as the play was going on, I was like, "Wow, I'm getting some like Rent vibes from this." Mm-hmm. And then at the end, with they're like, "He wrote Rent." And I was like, "Oh shit!" And it's like a weird. I went and like look, looked it up, and unfortunately, like the the guy who wrote it, the original playwright, died, and he wrote three musicals. Mm-hmm. He wrote Suburbia, a movie, a uh, play about writing Suburbia, and then Rent. Suburbia was a real play that he wrote, and then he was so crushed by the by it not taken off. He then that wrote... he then wrote a musical about writing Suburbia. Yeah. So I... it is like autobiographical, and I think what Lima, I can't say his name. Just... What Miranda? I'm gonna just call him Miranda. Be <laughs> the easy. director. I think what Miranda did, yeah, <laughs> is he did the same thing that he did with Hamilton, where he changed the history up a little bit. So a lot of the songs, a lot of the music is from Tick Tick Boom. But he has changed it so that it's more of like it's a performance of Tick Tick Boom, and it's him retelling his life, and then you get a lot more realistic autobiographical shit yeah, thrown yeah. in. The in st- the original play, the character's name is just John. Yeah. But in this, they just, they call him John Larson. Yeah, like the the actual stage stuff is I think from the play. Like you know that little song with Vanessa. Hutchins and Andrew Garfield. Brilliant. That's my favourite song. I, my favourite one... <laughs> I've listened to that on repeat all day. That is a good one. My favourite one is um, Come to Your Senses. You know, the one that you're struggling to write uh, for the Oh, final. yeah. I do like that one. That's a good I do one. Like that one. But no, I just thought it was... It was cracking. It was a great film. We watched that on Christmas Day. It was It was cracking. <laughs> it was cracking. Um, but also... You didn't know you were fucking wallace and gromit jesus christ i'm just crackers it about was... cheese um but no i after watching this film do you, do you feel good about saying that do you feel good about that joke i feel amazing honestly <laughs> <laughs> you, you think you're taking the piss but honestly like wallace and, i'm surprised wallace and gromit hasn't isn't on this list because that's just oof. can we do a wallace and gromit episode well, it, you know what fuck it yeah we'll do a wallace and gromit episode fantastic but um what i was gonna say about tick tick boom or is some other people or some idiots like to call it TikTok boom. Um, well, what is it? Welcome to the Twats Award. Um, you know, after... <laughs> yeah, oh yeah, yeah. The the Golden Twat Award for best uh, drama goes to um, uh, Cherry because it's the only one one of us has seen. There we go. <laughs> and it wasn't the, even the that official... good. It wasn't even that good. <laughs> Ever since seeing him in this, and then spoilers in Spider Man, like I've realized he's he's a he's a good actor. You know, he he can act. Like he was in Hacksaw Ridge. So none of, the, none of the other things he was, none of the other things he was in made you think he was a good actor. It was this and Spider-Man. Well, no, 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 no. It's just like the combination of all of them because I saw him in Breeze, Hacksaw Ridge, and Doctor Who. You know, a humble beginnings. He was and, in Doctor Who. He was yeah. in Doctor Who. Well, he played the New Yorker. Yeah. It's just you know, he can. He's a good actor. He's not like typecast, typecast like you know Hugh no, Grant he's... back in the day. Um, he is definitely one of the most underrated actors. Yeah. Um, I I think after because he, he he got big with Social Network, and then obviously mm. got even bigger with Spider Man, and then I think because that franchise was pulled out from underneath him so quickly, he didn't like. It wasn't like he jumped into another franchise or he didn't jump into like a big art film. He did Hacksaw Ridge, but wasn't that directed by Mel Gibson? Yeah, and he got nominated for an Oscar for it. Yeah, but I think a lot. I, I don't think it got like big in like the public sphere because that was just after Mel Gibson got cancelled for uh, like 
ranting about Jewish people or whatever he was doing. Like, he got drunk and said some really anti-Semitic things. I thought it was after. No, it was before this. Hacksaw Ridge was part of his, like, comeback tour when he was like, no, I've reformed and I've changed and all this shit. Um, It's still a good film. I enjoyed it. He is good good in that film. It is a good film. But I think it's a shame because, like, Tick, Tick, Boom's a really good film and he's really good in it and he's singing and he's dancing and he's doing like a different performance than he's done before and yet all people have fucking asked him all year long is, oh, so, are you going to be in Spider-Man? It's so upsetting. Uh, I mean, I'm happy that he's able to talk about it now but um, there's like, some really interesting stuff about like the process he went through for this film. Like I was reading up about it that when they were casting Jonathan Larson at the audition the director asked Andrew Garfield, like, can you sing? And he just paused and went like, um, so um, when are you planning on shooting this film? And he said, uh, the director, he said, um, a year from now? And then Andrew Garfield was like, yeah, yeah, I'll be able to sing. Because he then, he, he taught him, you know. <laughs> what a guy. He, he taught himself to sing. And it's not just him singing. He's also singing in an accent, which I think is twice as hard, you know. Um, yeah, and I think because he's he's done an American accent in most of his filmography, people forget that he's actually British. Yeah, yeah. you know, because he I don't think he's played a British role. I think every role he's done more or less has been American. Uh, Doctor Who? Oh no, he was. You, no, he's you, he's a, he's an American. He's fine. in New York. He, um, he's played an American in no, that no, show. No, 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 no. He, he was British in Breathe, the one directed by Andy Serkis. That's really that's a good film. I'll be honest. I forgot we had another film on this category. Um, Dear Evan Hansen, what do you think of that? Oh yeah, the the only thing I know about this movie is that people were annoyed. I think like the actor who played Evan Hansen on stage played him in the movie because he was like the definitive right, actor yeah. for the stage or whatever. But it's supposed to be about a teenager. It's supposed to be about like someone who's like in there, in high school, and um, the actor was like in his thirties and quite obviously isn't a teenager. And then they re-released another version in cinemas where they had de-aged him, Ooh. and he had like a weird glossy face. Ooh. And it was like, this is the second time a musical has been re-released with new special effects. Why does this keep happening? Because uh, it happened with Cats in 2019. Oh my God, don't, don't get me started on that film. Just to sum up, we've got a British musical that no one's heard about, a musical by one of the best directors in the world starring a sex, a sex predator, potentially, an alleged sex predator, we have to say. We've got a movie starring a CGI kid. We've got another movie which, by all accounts, seems to be doing really well that one of the actresses from in the heights is the new Batgirl, leslie grace oh, congratulations Pretty sure she came from in the heights and we've got tick tick boom of an actual good movie that we've both seen is that why i'm i'm putting west side stories <laughs> <laughs> let's go right to the top who wins the golden twat award oh, for, uh, the golden twat award go for musical goes to TikTok boom, not tick tick boom. TikTok boom. TikTok boom. <laughs> no, tick tick boom. Uh, All the way. Great film. Congratulations, Andrew Garfield. We're really sorry for. I <laughs> bet they were overjoyed. Yeah. Um. Moving on swiftly. <laughs> should we go? Should we go and like the discussing film page on Twitter and every Golden Globe tweet that they put out? Should we reply to that tweet going? They've also won the Golden Globe. <laughs> Oh, that'd be amazing. You know, that'd be a great way to get people to listen to us. They go, what's the Twat Awards? Well, listen to the Twat Awards. <laughs> right. Right. So let's move on to the next category, which is comedy. 
I've actually yes. seen a couple of these films, so we can actually talk about them. I have seen all of these movies. Oh, Two right. of them are the same movie. I'm going to try and guess which one you're talking about. I've seen um, a handful. So I'm going to list them off before you start talking about them. Well, no, I was so just going to say... Let me list them first, Seb. Jeez. I just want to say I've seen half of the film. Why don't you say... Why don't you say the ones you've seen when I say which ones they are? Okay. How about that? Okay, cool. <laughs> Better. So we've got Cruella. Seen. Twice. Hitman's Wife's Bodyguard. Haven't seen. Free Guy. I saw that. Red Notice. I saw half of it. Don't Look Up. I saw it. Which two do you think, I think, are the same movie? Well, I feel the ones that have Ryan Reynolds in it. So I'm going to go with Red Notice and Hitman's Wife's Bodyguard. Absolutely, 100%, because it is the exact same premise. It is, is it? two guys. It is the same premise. It's not exactly the same. Are they... Because Hitman's Wife's Bodyguard, they're trying to, like... In fact, they might even be trying to... They're trying to, like, save her, and I think they're also trying to get a MacGuffin in that movie as well. Can't remember. They're it's on a treasure hunt? I've seen it. But Red Notice is a treasure hunt. Red, hunt. Red Notice is a treasure hunt. But it's specifically a treasure hunt between two people, Ryan Reynolds and a straight guy. Straight A straight guy is in, like, he's, like, stone cold, not straight as in his sexuality. I was really confused by Do that. You know, oh, oh, I, think, I think the term is straight man, actually. I was really confused you know I mean? there. <laughs> so you got Ryan Reynolds playing against someone who is doesn't straight. Like him. <laughs> <laughs> and through the course of the movie, they learn to become friends and mm. care about each other. And it's exactly the same with Hitman's Wife's Bodyguard. Even though Hitman's Wife's Bodyguard is a sequel to the Hitman's Bodyguard, where they have to learn to become friends in that movie. In this movie, they have to learn to become friends again. I saw it in cinemas with my flatmate, and she was like, Wow, that was really good. And I was like, Yeah, it was. Because it was the same as the first movie. <laughs> what are sequels exactly for? Exactly the same. Honestly. It was fucking... And like Red Notice, it was funny. It was really good. But I think I'm I'm starting to get to that point where I'm bored of Ryan Reynolds playing Deadpool. Well, this is the thing. He's wanting to take a break from acting last time I saw. Congratulations, your dreams have been answered. I Because I, he, he is a good Deadpool. And I think his personality works great for that character. But I, I wish he would challenge himself more. It's the same with The Rock. The Rock plays just charismatic, nice person. Yeah. He doesn't play... Like, he's he's playing Black Rock. Black Rock? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if he can keep that in. He's playing... He, like... <laughs> Please welcome uh, Black Rock. <laughs> he, he's playing Black, uh, Rock. Black Adam. Uh, he's, play, he's playing Black Rock. He's playing Black Adam. And <laughs> I'm really worried that he's just going to play that character the same way he plays all his other characters, where it's just going like, oh, uh, hi there, I'm, I'm a really nice guy, and everyone likes me. I'm the nicest person in the room, and I'm kind of a badass, but I'm also the best fucking... Bloke ever, blah, 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 blah. Black Adam's a villain. He's supposed he be to be that. awful. Well, you know, we know... And, he... I w- and I want to see a bit of range from this guy because I think watching watching this movie, the best part of it is Gal Gadot because she's the only one kind of playing out of character. But even then, she's still doing like the whole, look how sexy I am. Mm. And I and there is a point where really attractive actresses, they because they, it, it's Hollywood has like this... I can't remember, there's a particular term for it, but women in the industry have talked about how you get to a certain point and you stop playing the love interest, you start playing the mother, or you start playing the witch, you know, shit like that. And 
I think for really attractive actresses who are seen as like, oh, look how gorgeous they are, and they get put in roles where they get like fucking put in like really like revealing dresses and revealing clothes, and the the camera is framing them in really like fucking objectifying ways. I think it gets to a point where if that is all you play, you 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 limit yourself for like future like when you start to get older you've not if you haven't cemented yourself as a good enough actress Mm -hmm. the industry just drops you because the industry is awful so it was like she's doing something a bit different because she's kind of like a villain but she's also just being like gal gadot she's kind of just playing herself and they're all just kind of playing themselves and it's fun but i'm like fuck me this movie was probably really expensive and not a single person is being challenged by this movie. No, I mean... It's my... just an excuse for the three of them to get together and, True. you know... I suppose play that's... Play off each other. I, I suppose that's what people want nowadays. They they want to see actors team up, I suppose, you know? Maybe, maybe that's the, the appeal of these type of films, you know? Ryan Reynolds with Samuel L. Jackson and Morgan Freeman. Samuel L. Jackson... Yeah, but the, the idea of a movie star is very quickly disappearing people don't go to the movies to see a particular actor anymore. Um, It's concepts and ideas and franchises that get people in to see, you know, the next big movie. Captain Marvel didn't make a billion dollars because Brie Larson was in it. No. It made a billion dollars because it was the next Marvel movie. Yeah, after Infinity War. Yeah, and it was a good Marvel movie. It wasn't the best, but it was good. You can't just go, hey, look, The Rock is in this movie. Because yeah. if The Rock just plays The Rock, eventually people get bored of that. Yeah. And people stop fucking tuning in to see that shit. We're just going to get more of this fucking Red Notice shit. And it was fun, it was enjoyable, but fuck me, I've seen this movie before. Um, so the other ones in this list, we've got Free Guy, another Ryan Reynolds movie. I really liked that. Um, I really liked it as well, and it's nice to see Ryan Reynolds play a slightly Episode, different character than yeah. usual. Um, he's much. He's more naive. He's less like, oh, I'm the coolest motherfucker, and blah 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 blah. He's just like a nice man. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, my favorite part about the film was the actual love, in, the love interests. Um, you know, the two main love interests, uh, the people who made the code. I thought that their love story was really sweet at the end when she yeah, realizes yeah. that he wrote the code, hence why Guy was, why she was falling for Guy, why Guy knew all. Um, her favorite things like the ice cream and um, I thought that was just so sweet like I actually gasped when that happened <laughs> did you actually <laughs> I, I, I was just like oh, go for it and I was like go go get your coffee together it was so sweet I loved it do you, do you know what my least favorite part of that movie was what the little Disney advert that they clearly added in after the Fox merger went through because this was a Fox movie originally oh yeah and Where it got it? put on Disney plus after the the merger and there's a bit where you've not seen any licensed properties up until this point but there's a bit where big hulk ryan reynolds goes to punch ryan reynolds dude and he he blocks yeah he blocks it with the shield oh yeah captain america shield and then captain america turns up or chris evans is like what the fuck and then he gets a lightsaber out and he like hits him with a lightsaber and they didn't even do something fun with it like i thought they were gonna you know, there's that there's that kind of geek debate. Would a lightsaber cut Captain America's shield? 
They could have done that. And I thought they were going to do something like that where they're like, oh, let's take an opportunity where we can have these two things in a movie interact with each other and it kind of makes sense. And they didn't do anything. They literally just went, look, here's Marvel, here's Star Wars. You're watching this on Disney+. Plus." <laughs> like, if you hadn't already known it. Felt, it. <laughs> exactly. It, it felt like an advert to me. And they definitely added that in last minute. 100%. 100%. I don't really mind it. I still thought it was quite funny. It was it was still a nice film. I enjoyed it. We'd recommend I enjoyed it. I've I've not felt compelled to go back to it though. What about Cruella? <laughs> Cruella. Now, I messaged you beforehand. I didn't think this was a comedy until I googled it and it's a comedy crime film. So, go Have figure. Have you seen this movie? Yeah, I saw it. Did we see it together? Uh, no, we didn't. I I think this is the best looking movie out of all five of these. I think it looks the nicest. I think it's um, it's got this kind of grungy British aesthetic, which is hard to explain, but it it's like, because it's, it's like kind of set in the 1960s, because this is technically a prequel to 101 Dalmatians, like the, the yeah. animated film. I, I hadn't seen the animated movie. Have you I, I couldn't remember. Um, well, I have, but not for a long time. Like, not for a long, long time. So when characters from the animated uh, film, like, turned up in this, I had no idea who they were, so I wasn't, like, blinded by nostalgia. I just thought it was a good time. You just thought it was a, it was a good time to be had. I thought the characters were fun. I thought they all made sense. Obviously, I think there's a post credit scene yes. where I was like, oh, that's obviously setting up the... Um, the original. I actually remember the post credits scene. Uh, it's like, um, actually, it it, it kind of contradicts the animation. In the animation, the 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 two humans, and the one they they have. The you dimension. say human really weird. Humans. I've pointed this out to to you before, but though you say it like it's two separate words. Humans. Human, human. It's weird. The male and the female in this story. <laughs> in, in, in the animation they ha- they already have the dalmatian dogs they have pogo and the female bitch but all right uh in, in, in yeah the, yeah but like in the corella film corella gives them the dogs but then it kind of it's weird that she gives them the dogs but then later on obviously in the story she's wanting to hunt them and get their fur so it's like, why give the dogs away well, when you could have just kept them? And I, I think them? the idea was that because um, it's it, it also implies that Pogo and the other one are related to each other. That's the other thing, yeah, yeah. So the one hundred and one Dalmatians would all be inbred, but it's it's clearly not it's not the same continuity because th- those two people, that the race and age are different. Because in in the animated film, they're like a couple white people. Okay, fair enough. You know? Yeah, and and they're not they're not white in the live action, so it's it's clearly not the same continuity. Um, I just want to see the it's sequel. like its own separate thing. Yeah, and I think the idea is that they were they were going to set up the events of the sequel, and then the sequel would kind of be a retelling of One Hundred and One Dalmatians, and somehow, and I cannot wait to see how they do this. They're gonna make Cruella sympathetic because they did it with Maleficent, and I think Cruella—it's such a fucking because these these live action adaptations because it's like a weird byproduct of the early two thousand and tens, 
where fairy tales were getting these really dark, grim and gritty adaptations. And that evolved into what we have now at Disney. Um, and I don't know if anyone would be interested. I don't know if anyone, no one listens to these anyway, but I would like to talk about it because I think it is a fascinating chain of events. Sure, man. Whatever your heart. Like. <laughs> you don't sound interested. <laughs> I'll be honest, not really. But you can do that one on your own. You can do a YouTube short on it. How's that? <laughs> Honestly, man, it is it is fascinating. We yeah. got like a Red Hood horror movie. So Corella was good. Um, what about did you did you watch Don't Look Up? I did. It was good. I liked it. I did. I think I don't know when this was filmed. Did you not like it? I didn't like it. I didn't find it as funny. Like, I understood, like, what they were going for. I knew what the message was behind the film. I felt it was dragging on too long. I was just not fully invested in the story. I think this would have been... I think this would have been better as, like, a, a miniseries. Yes. Um, because there is a lot of plot and there's a lot of story they want to do. Because there, there was a point where there's, like, a whole section where one of the main characters has to quit her job being like a scientist advisor or whatever because of like media shit. And then she's like working at like a, a supermarket for like a few weeks or whatever. And then Leonardo DiCaprio's character goes and gets her and they're back doing the science shit. And I was like, that seems like a weird detour to take. And it's taken up quite a long runtime of the movie. But if you'd split this into like a six episode limited series, you could have explored why she's doing that a bit better. And her return would have made a bit more sense. Um, there was like other stuff like they 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 spend the reason why it's called "Don't Look Up" is because when the meteorite, because for those who don't know, the movie is about a meteorite is about to crash into Earth, and no one gives a fuck. They try and alert the government, and the government don't act. They don't do anything about it. Um, the media don't seem to care because they're just trying like spin it into like a positive um news headline it's very appropriate for like the current situation now where people don't listen to experts and you know there's misinformation and all that kind of bullshit it's very appropriate and i wonder if this was filmed and written during the pandemic because it hits so close to home that it's like this can't be a coincidence um but i feel like this was also a movie that got delayed because of the pandemic. But I can't remember if that's just me rewriting history in my head. You probably I don't know. are. Because I think it Probably. It, you know, better now. But the, the reason they later. call it Don't Look Up is because the... the yeah. Exactly. The sign... The, the specialists, the experts, are like, look up in the sky. You can see the asteroid is heading towards us. You can see it. Look up. And then the anti-campaign to that is Don't Look Up which is very accurate because a lot of these anti-campaigns will take the slogan and spin it into something else. Like you had Black Lives Matter and people spun it into All Lives Matter, Blue Lives Matter. Same with like the, you know, you've got pro-choice, pro-life. And it's usually done as like a bit of like guilt trip, as a bit of like fake inclusivity, you know? Um and it's the same, like, don't look up. And you have people going, don't look up because they're looking down on you, blah, 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 blah. And then it gets too late, the meteor hits, and it's it's like, oh, maybe we should have fucking listened. And you have people who followed the kind of propaganda going, 
oh, you've lied to us. Mm-hmm. And I think it's very interesting, but because it goes on so long and doesn't yeah. flesh out its characters, it, is it, very long. it does lose a lot of people. Mm-hmm. It does drag on. But I also think it's it's a very important movie because this type of thing does happen. People do, like, especially now where politics has just become, especially American politics, has become, like, you know personality competitions Mm -hmm. and stuff only gets done if it looks good doing it you know and especially there's a plot line where they decide they're gonna let the meteor hit them because if it gets closer they can break the meteorite up and then use it use the resources like fund the economy and it's like that is fucking scary because that is a hundred percent what people would do Mm -hmm. these days you know they would risk billions of lives because they might make a profit. So I I think it's it's like a, it's like an important movie. We had to have because it. if you watch it, yeah, it's like it's saying like like people will, people are lying to you, people are lying to you for their own fucking benefits, you know. People who say something that is gonna happen, like a meteor's gonna, we need to stop this because this is serious. This is gonna affect our lives, and people go in. No, no, don't listen to them. The ones go. No, no, don't listen to them usually have something to gain from it you know yeah. so i think it's quite a if it, it 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 might not be the best movie but it feels like of all the movies that have come out during the pandemic it's one of those that are like important not that what was that movie that the fucking guy from riverdale did where it was like covid 24 it like mutated into a virus that was like turning people into zombies or some Bay. shit I think Michael Bay did it, but it was it starred the guy from Riverdale. Oh right, yeah, that was. I can't a, remember. That but it's one of those that turns the pandemic into merchandise and commercialization, whereas this one actually has something to say. Yeah, it talks like talks about it while you're having a good laugh, good dark humor laugh. Um, what do you think of uh, Jennifer Lawrence's return to acting? Um, mediocre. This is like the first movie she's done in like four years. Mediocre. I don't, I don't know. I mean, to be honest, I didn't really realize that she had stopped acting for like four years. Um, but she was all right, you know, looking well, um, looking fine. I, I always thought she was a good actress. I, I just think that she completely lost interest in both Hunger Games and X-Men as like franchises. I think she stopped. I don't think she wanted to be like a franchise actor. I think she wanted to do stuff more like... Yeah, she wanted to do more original ideas and shit like that. Well, she because did because she's done very little like big franchise stuff. Mm-hmm. The Golden Twat Award for comedy goes to Thomas. I'm gonna give it to Cruella. Ah, oh, okay. It was the one I did. Would you give it to Free Guy? I, I'm, I I don't know if I'm just really in love with the love story in it. That that's maybe why it's kind of because I just want that. I want someone to love me. Um, I I'm in love with the costumes in Cruella and the set okay. design. Yeah, there is there is some really bad CGI near the end of that movie. Oh yeah, um, at the end, yeah, 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 yeah. Um, actually, but there is a lot of it that feels real and tangible. That's fair. You know what? And I and I think Emma Stone does a decent job as the, as the character. I think I think she plays the role pretty well. She she can get the best actress, best best golden twat. 
<laughs> best golden twat. <laughs> yeah. Well, she can get the best golden twat award for best actress or whatever. In a comedy. And Andrew Garfield can get it for best actor because then if this was like a real award show, they'd have to stand next to each other and get the photo taken and that would be awkward and I'd enjoy the awkwardness. That's funny. That's true. Because they used to date. And Andrew Garfield. That's made... what I do. If I, if I ran an award ceremony, I'd make it so that all the winners are people who've dated and they have to get their photo taken together. And they have to be seen having a conversation. I'd want to make it as awkward for them as possible. Of course you would. Because it'd be that. hilarious. But but Andrew Garfield <laughs> did make a rocking chair or a rocking horse for Emma Stone. And Emma Stone has said that is her favourite gift. Yeah, she said that in an interview like five years ago. Or was it five? Okay, never mind. She, she, uh, uh, it was like a while ago. She's been married since then. Yeah, she has a kid. Anyway. Um... I don't know how to respond to that. Oh, fuck. <laughs> 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 Sorry. What? <laughs> My uh, my Siri just turned on for some reason. <laughs> Moving on to sci-fi, we have again five films. We have Chaos Walking, The Tomorrow War, Dune, Godzilla versus Kong, and The Matrix Resurrection. <laughs> you know, you know what, right? I I reckon most people would say that Dune is the best sci-fi movie that's come out this year. I personally don't. It's just personal preference. I would happily watch Godzilla vs. Kong rather than Dune. Yeah, I haven't even seen Dune. Watching that movie in cinemas, um, visually, it's fantastic. The effects are great. Uh, the cast is great. Um, it is a good movie. Yeah. But I, went, I remember I went to see my dad, and when we came out of the cinema, he was talking about how it's really good and all this stuff. And I was like, it, I feel like I've seen half of a story. Because I have. That movie is not an adaptation of Frank Herbert's novel. It's an ad- it's an adaptation of half of it, you know. So it's like uh, the extended editions of Lord of the Ring. You watch Fellowship of the Ring, and the first half ends when it goes. You should be the Fellowship of the Ring. Oh, that'd be so and annoying. Cuts. Imagine, yeah, exactly. That's what this feels like. It feels like I've watched the first half of a Dune film because the main character makes no decisions throughout this movie that's he makes one decision right at the end and that's like him taking on the the part of the hero's journey where he decides to accept the fucking quest and you know go to battle or you know do the adventure and all that shit and then it cuts and it's like this is the interesting bit. and i think the trailers knew that they were selling half a movie because when they got to like the final couple trailers where they're like promoting it like heavily they put the big action sequence where they're all in battle armor and there's like a whole army of them out in the field. They would put that sequence in the trailers, making it look like there's going to be a big final battle or a big final confrontation. That's a vision of the future. Oh, so it's not... That scene is like from the next movie. That's probably the finale because I've not read the book. That is probably the finale of the actual new <sighs> novel. I'm glad I didn't see this. And it's because... You know, it was being described as being the same skull scale as Lord Rings, and how it was going to be this big fucking. It was going to be the sci-fi movies, what Lord Rings was fantasy movies, and I think for the most part it is. But then why didn't they film them back to back like they filmed a lot of the Rings? Yeah. Why didn't if they were so confident in the story, why didn't they film it back to back, release it one this year, one next year? Because now I don't think it's going to start filming until the end of next year and then it'll get released in 2023. That's a long gap. 
which means they have to go back. They have to find other filming locations. They have to make sure they have like all the fucking props are the same. What if one of the fucking cast members dies and they've got a recast? That's awkward. You know, people were talking about this movie as if it was this big sci-fi avant-garde movie that was going to fucking change the industry and blah, 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 blah. And it was this big fucking art piece when really it is a franchise movie. They had a fucking Fortnite tie-in. They had merchandise. I'm surprised they didn't have fucking Lego sets. It's a big franchise movie that's just got an actual artistic flair, which is very rare these days. Very rarely do you see a big franchise movie have its own distinct visuals. The f- I, I, I did come out of that movie feeling very like, well, that was good, but One I feel more. like I should have paid half a ticket because I've seen half a movie. Whereas Godzilla vs. Kong which I think is my favourite sci-fi movie of the year, it was a complete story. Yeah, it was And you know really... what? It was, just, it was just fun. It was just two big fucking CGI monsters punching each other, and they have cool team-up moments, and there's ridiculous shit happening, but they just go, fuck it, let's just do ridiculous shit. Which let's is just what have you need fun. to do in these films. I think it was in this film where the, the, the film industry were like, oh... We're not going to continue with this franchise. You know, the last two weren't that great. Or, like, the last one before this was was okay. So we, we'll just finish off with the, with this one here. And then they were kind of taken aback by the reception. And they were like, oh, w- what do we do now? Do, do we continue? <laughs> well, we could actually do another one. <laughs> it, it was good. I remember we all chipped in to watch it on Now TV. Um, and it was great fun. I loved it, you know. I'm, I'm still a big fan of uh, Peter Jackson's King Kong. But I do like this one. This one had Godzilla Same. and Kong. I, but I was... Peter Jackson's King Kong was like a love letter to the original King Kong, which was actually the inspiration for Godzilla. King Kong came first. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. And um, whereas this King Kong is much more like the Japanese version because when Toho got the rights to King Kong, they did King Kong versus Godzilla and they just like threw fucking trees at each other and fought each other and all that shit. And while it is technically the same character... This is obviously more of an homage to the Toho King yeah, Kong yeah, rather than the 1920s Empire State Building King Kong. Mm-hmm. It, was, um, it was very good. What about... Um... I do fucking wish, though, that, like... Because they, they describe Godzilla as King of the Monsters. And I really wish they described King Kong as the eighth wonder of the world. Because it's like when they do their big boxing ring matchups, yeah. it would have been cool if they'd been, like... You know, when they, they have, like... Do you know what I mean? The announcer going, like, with, with eighth it, wonder of the world versus... Yes, exactly. The, uh, <laughs> versus the king of monsters. That exactly. Nice. That's, I kind of wanted someone to do that. I kind of hope that there'd be, like, a crazy billionaire villain that is just pitting them two together for yeah. his own enjoyment. You, you know what you did get instead while watching that film? Mechagodzilla. Y- yes, but also me just going, Gojira. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and you just went... Kong as well like halfway through Kong. the film. That was enjoyable. That was enjoyable. But I have to say, I enjoyed Mechagodzilla a lot more. Oh. And I'd been saying, I was like, do you think they'll do Mechagodzilla? And the, yeah, I think they're going to do Mechagodzilla. And then they released the churn. I was like, I, th- I think I just, I think that's Mechagodzilla. And it was. I, I think they're doing it. And it felt oh, it was so fucking cool. That is that that might be my um my third favorite like cameo reveal in a film this year i i I think that's my favorite sci-fi film of the year i know there's other ones that we've not talked about you should really say we watched opinions um... to the very end before revealing your number one (laughs) that's that just 
You don't see this. We at the have Oscars. to both decide on a number one. True, but you don't see this at the Oscars when they're going through the nominations. Go, you know what? I think this one's gonna win. Um, oh yeah, shit. Uh, also for nominees are, you know, they don't do that. God damn it. Yeah, but they they did announce the the wrong winner a couple of years ago. Well, we're not gonna so. do that. Not at the not Golden perfect. Twat Awards. Um, <laughs> well, what did you think of um, the Tomorrow War? Well, um, uh, <laughs> what, can I, what can I say nicely about it? It was an enjoyable popcorn film. You know, you didn't need to have a brain cell to watch it. Well, the writers didn't when they were writing the film, but um, <laughs> it was it was perfectly all right. You know, Chris pa- Chris Pratt. You know, at it again, and um, being the action man of the 21st century it's such like a it's such like another fucking do you remember when he was in the lego movie part two uh-huh and there's that character that is like an amalgamation of all the franchise roles that chris pratt had done between the first film and the second oh, film. oh yeah so yeah, it's, yeah, it's, yeah. it's 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 star lord it's it's the jurassic world guy and i feel like that character which is an amalgamation of all his action heroes was the inspiration for this guy probably because he's just such fucking generic action fucking bullshit and you know what right the monster was fun but it felt overly designed yeah i'd agree if if, i felt like it is something i'd seen out of a game you know and It, it it felt like a bunch of people had got together and were like we need to we need to come up with a monster that will be as iconic as alien and they failed. And they really, they really tried. And you know what? It's a cool design, like the whole running on all fours. And I think they are creepy. But because there's so much going on, they don't have like, like the like the alien. The alien design changes all the fucking time. But the one thing that's iconic is the mouth and like the face. The shape of that will change, or whatever. But that look, you look at that and you go, "That's an alien." Yeah. And like maybe the tail as well. And the rest of the design can change however fucking many times. It can be a dog, it can be a predator. But if you get the tail, you get that domed-shaped head, you know what it is. Whereas these things, they didn't have, like... They had, like, 400 different, like, unique factors that were, like, this could be its iconic thing, this could be its iconic thing. And it all just kind of blends into... It's like a white tiger with like yeah. six eyes or something. Like I, I do, I do have some problems with this film, and this is the only film where I've written like a list of problems that I, I, I don't want us to go into great detail, but I want to address in this episode. And um, you want to get some stuff off your chest? I really do. I really do. Like, <laughs> it, it was really annoying me. Um, like for example, the reason for going back in time to recruit people from the past. Um, was like okay, you know. That's fair enough. Do that. It's cool. And um, they have to die first for the, for you to pick them up in the past. That's okay. But you know how there was like loads of protests and like they showed just a little bit at the beginning of like why should we fight a war that hasn't happened for us? And I was like, Let, I feel there there could have been more explored in that area. That could have been like a cool wee political drama yeah. part there. That would have been really cool. But they didn't. They I was saw... actually much more interested yeah. in like people's opinions of the war exactly. than the actual war itself. Exactly. Which we which we barely see as well. Yeah, it's really. Um, but there was one thing that really annoyed me where they were like, "Right, we need to send you to this location because you need to do this. It's really important." And then they they time travel them. They end up like they've got the coordinates wrong, so they're up in the air. Yeah. And I I, I thought that was fun. I liked that set piece, and they got lucky by landing in the pool. 
was like, okay, that, that's kind of like a, a fun idea. But then almost immediately they're like, oh no, it's fucked. We're going to nuke the town. <laughs> it's like, what? <laughs> you sent all these people here and immediately like, nah, fuck it, nuke it. We're just, we're just going to firebomb they, the city. They just Never to... mind. <laughs> <laughs> There's action, lots of action. But I feel the one thing that was really annoying me is like, the people in the present were going like, we shouldn't fight your war because so many, so many of us die and they don't come back. And I'm like, well, there's a reason for this. It's because you only give them one day to train, you know? It's civilian. Yeah, ridiculous. It's ridiculous. A ridiculous idea. No wonder so many die because you then see it when they are um, in the future. And thank God Chris Pratt is there, but they're all pathetic. They don't know what they're doing. So no wonder there's hardly... There's so many deaths, you know? It's just not really thought through. I think it's ridiculous. I think it's ridiculous that the people from the future went to the past, not to, like, warn them about the war no, coming and no. to be like, no, you can stop it. They were like, oh, no, you need to come to the future and help us fight. You know what they could Because I, I, think the, I, I think the idea is that if they sent them to the past and then they stop that future from ever happening, the people in the future are like, well, we, we don't want to get erased from existence. But oh, they're yeah. making people go back in time to fight a war that surely those people didn't fight the war originally it it, it was a bit like it was a bit messy it was they a bit clearly messy. had they worked backwards where they were like we want to have a film where people have to go from the past to fight a war in the future but we don't really know how that makes no. sense so we're just gonna make shit up they also just wanted to which, call... which I suppose is what our movies are. Yeah. They also just wanted to call the film Tomorrow War because it was like, that sounds cool. Tomorrow War. <laughs> yeah. Um, my, my other... they, this, is so, this is a movie that worked backwards, isn't it? Literally. My other small problem is, you know at the <laughs> end where Chris Pratt's daughter, who turns out to be the general, surprise twist, <gasps> um, you know, she gets killed and he gets all emotional and he's like, oh no, I can't let you die. You know, I've got to save you. In my mind, I'm like, you've, you've, you're still going to get your daughter. This is the future. You're like, you go back and you're little daughter <laughs> and kid. So why, what, 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 why do I need to watch this five-minute scene of you going, I'm going to stay with you? It's like, you're still going to get your kid. She, she's going to be pretty fine. sure it's like if he went back and saved his kid, she, his future kid would get erased anyway. Like, time, like timeline would it disappear. I also think it's bullshit that Chris Pat's character is like, oh... He like yeah asks a classroom full of kids, and that classroom full of kids manages to figure out where the aliens came from. Oh my god! And like just... they were in like a fucking, and like they also like were those aliens intelligent because they were in a spaceship? Were they like cargo? I can't remember how they got to work. I know they got they like crash landed. It was clearly going for an alien vibe. It was yeah. clearly trying to be like this is going to be the next alien, the next predator. This is going to be like a, a throwback and a reinvention at the same time, and it was just absolutely fine. What about Chaos Walking? I didn't see it. I didn't see it. Well, Be I didn't see this because this movie filmed in 2017, and it was delayed because it was apparently unwatchable well and they did a bunch of reshoots and then they still delayed it and they delayed 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 and then when it came out neither tom holland or daisy ridley did any type of promotion for it so i thought wow they mustn't like the movie so i didn't bother watching it well i can i can confirm it was actually an enjoyable film i thought it was quite a harsh comment to say it's unwatchable i've seen some unwatchable <laughs> shit in the past and this is actually okay um, <laughs> I've seen some unwatchable shit. This ain't it. 
um, but like it's 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 certain. I think it's based on like a uh, a teen sci-fi novel. So you know, get your mind in the right gear. You know, it's 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 that type of story where it's something bizarre and you're following teens in the future. It's set on this world called New Earth, and it's a bunch of colonists, and it's all just men, and all these men, their thoughts are being projected, and everyone else can hear their thoughts, and so you have Tom Holland just walking about, and it's just all the men, and you hear what they're thinking and saying and everything in their heads. Uh, It's later revealed that women couldn't have this power of having their thoughts being projected out into the world so everyone can hear them, and so the men got all angry about this going i want to hear what women think and that's why they killed all the women on the planet that seems like a bit much and they blamed to kill it on, all the women just because you can hear their thoughts um and they blamed it on this alien species that were just like not deadly at all they were fine they were very pleasant that's what it is and daisy ridley comes from a spaceship and she lands and tom holland is like oh my god she's pretty um there were some op- there was opportunities where i thought you know oh god, are we going to get some really weird scenes of Tom Holland wanting to make out with Daisy Ridley? And we did. We got two scenes yeah, of what... that. Um, so... <laughs> What's the age difference like there? Um, well, Tom Holland is apparent. Well, he thinks he's the youngest there, but he learns and finds out that um, as they're discovering the planet, there's other people, other groups <laughs> on this planet. And so it's obviously that his group, his gang, have been fed lies by uh, the guy from Casino Royale, Le Chiffre. Um, Hans Mankel, Mickle, Mads Mickelson, Mickelson. Hans Mankel, Hans Mankel. You didn't even fucking try and get his name right. You just said a bunch of syllables you thought were vaguely correct. Hans Mankel. Well, Thomas, I don't know about you, but I think he gets the Golden Twat Award for Best Actor. Hans Mankel. Fucking hell. Anyway. That should be on your name. You should refer to yourself as Hans Mankel. <laughs> Please welcome Hans Mankel. It's 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 perfect. I didn't realize he was in this movie. Yes, he is. He's the one who can control his thoughts and is the bad guy. No, what you you've convinced me. We're gonna watch it. It, it is worth a watch. I, that's why it is my number one film. Is it actually? No, it's not. No, it's Gods of the. Oh Bishop. fucking hell! I was like, <laughs> Jesus Christ. Um, what about Matrix uh, Resurrection? Quickly, I haven't seen it. Good, bad, terrible. See, I'm I. I'm a big fan of the original Matrix, mm-hmm. and I quite like the second and third one. Um, when I was younger, I didn't quite get it. I rewatched them fairly recently, like like the, I think it was like three, four years ago or something like that. And I was like, you know what? They they make some good ideas. There's some like in, there's some like interesting philosophical stuff, like how Neo isn't the one. He's like the sixth, the one. Um, and he's like a part of the algorithm that they have predicted because they know that mankind will um, rise up. I was a big fan of like, oh, I want to see if they, if they expand on the philosophy of this, this conflict between humans and machines. And I was more interested in how the world itself had evolved and how the ideologies of the two factions had evolved rather than, hey, what's Neo up to? Because, like, Neo's story was fucking done. He was fucking dead. The whole... He had, like, his complete messiah arc. And this movie, there was nothing in it that justified its own existence to me. And I think people's reactions to this movie has been really fascinating to see because people are treating it like it's a big fuck you to nostalgia reboots. 
and the the industry's need to reboot things and make sequels to things and everything's a franchise everything's a property everything's an ip and the people are like yeah this movie's a big fuck you to the establishment i'm gonna go see it six times in theaters it's like no <laughs> it's it's someone going hey aren't corporations bad but give us your money because we're a corporation like that's what this movie is and i remember sat in the theater watching it and I was, it was like someone, it was like the movie was going to me, you're a fucking idiot for wanting to come and see another Matrix movie. I mean, And we're going to take your money from you because you're a fucking dumbass. Like, how dare you want to see another Matrix film? And I've seen people who, like, movie critics on YouTube who, like, talk about, like, oh, I'm sick of Marvel movies, I'm sick of Star Wars movies because they just keep funneling them out and it's all the same stuff. And those same people going, I've seen Matrix Resurrection six times because it's the best movie ever. And it's like, that movie, it's it's exactly the same as the Marvel stuff. It's just slightly more self-aware. It's a movie that is both trying to be like a meta-commentary on reboots and sequels and kind of consumerist culture. But at the same time, it doesn't do anything new or exciting or change things up in any way. And the love story between Neo and Trinity is central to this film but it's so fucking clouded and bullshit where it's like hey we've got a guy who's like the architect and hey is that the merovingian and oh he's saying the thing he said in the previous movie and there's so much of the first act of this movie that is a, a repeat of the first act in the original movie to the point where they're showing clips from the original oh you know and it's beat for beat the same they have to go to a place to save a person and they've got to do this and they have to do that and we're going to throw a cameo in here and a reference here and it's like... No, don't bother. <laughs> Just don't bother watching this. Yeah, it, it's it's weird because people are saying that, oh, Lana Wachowski, she made this movie intentionally bad. She made it as an intentionally unmarketable movie to kill the commercial... The, the kind of like commercial viability of this franchise so there'll be no other Matrix movies left and it's like why the fuck would you want to do that because apparently there's a line in this movie where they're like um oh Warner Brothers is making us do another sequel this is a meta thing bullshit um which is weird because that means this is the second movie released by Warner Brothers this year where Warner Brothers is the bad guy strange they don't seem to be very self-aware. Um, but there's like a line where... Well, they say, they say that line and then apparently that was like the actual case. It's, it's like um, Warner Brothers made Lana... was like, we're going to do a sequel with or without you. And Lana Wachowski felt pressured into writing and making this movie. But it's like, okay, so if you are, if you are forced to make another Matrix movie, surely you'd put as much effort into it as possible to make it a good one. Whereas there's nothing about that the, the fight choreography wasn't the same, the action set pieces wasn't the same. There wasn't a scene that was like as revolutionary as bullet time, and they kind of weirdly referenced that, and it was just it felt so low effort. The thing that annoyed me the most because it came out that and I went, well, that that's a shame. It was good, it was fine, it was a fun time. I suppose it adds a a happier ending, it you know sort of like. Mm-hmm. 
if you didn't like how the third one ended, maybe you prefer the way this one ended, and this can be the true ending to the franchise for you. Especially seeing people's reactions going, yeah, this is a big fuck you to Hollywood. I was like, no, this is just another symptom of Hollywood. Just done in a kind of worse way. She's done badly. You know, it's... Yeah, it's it's not any more groundbreaking than a Marvel movie. Yeah. If anything, it feels less groundbreaking. I don't know. And I think it's a, it's a shame that this movie got dumped on HBO Max. I kind of forgot um, about that. Um, is that why it's... And I, I think it's crazy they released it at the same time as Spider-Man. That was their own Ridiculous strategy. Um, so after that uh, rant about this film, is that why it's your third for sci-fi? That's my number one choice. This is my number one choice. Of I'm course, going with, uh, course. With, with <laughs> no, no, I think this. Um, yeah, this this would have to be my third choice. It would go Godzilla, Dune, Matrix Resurrections, The Tomorrow War, then Chaos Walker at the bottom because actually, I've I've not seen it. I would put Chaos Walking above Tomorrow War. That's what I would do. Um, well, no, I would actually um, put Dune admit- at the bottom because I haven't seen Dune. That's fair. That's fair. Uh, so the so the Golden Twat Award. Goes to Godzilla ver- Gojira versus Kong, um, which is actually a good. Choice. I think that could actually be that could be considered as a hate crime. What you just did there, Seb. I, I disagree. <laughs> um, mo- moving on swiftly to fantasy and adventure. In this category, we have the Green Knight, Jungle Cruise, Army of the Dead, Ghostbusters Afterlife, and Mortal Kombat. I've only seen two of these films. How about you? I've seen three. I've seen Amu Dead, Mortal Kombat, and The Green Knight. I've seen Mortal Kombat, Jungle Cruise. I've seen Mortal Kombat and Jungle Cruise. That's it. I've, that's, that's, that's all I've done. I <laughs> I refuse to watch Jungle Cruise because when it was put on Disney Plus, I had to pay for it. And I was like, I'm not paying for another generic rock Don't movie. No, no. And then when it became available to like just watch... I just never got around to it. I just didn't have interest. I heard it was basically the mummy. Literally, um, there it was. It also contained the world's most uncomfortable kiss between Emily Blunt and The Rock, two people you just don't want to see kissing. I um, don't think The Rock should have love interests. No. I think he's too like comically big, big for yeah. me to buy that he would ever love a person <laughs> that sounds really mean. But True. he's like a big fucking cartoon man, isn't he? Yeah, literally. There's nothing really much to say about that film. It's it's perfectly all right, you know. They tried their best. They wanted to, you know, use another theme park ride in a film, and they did. They did Jungle Cruise. So there's parts of the camera. They went and did it. You can't you can't take that away from them. They went and fucking did it, didn't they? Yeah, yeah I thought it was impossible. Um, but they did it. <laughs> Ghostbusters Afterlife. Um, I do want to see this movie, but... I had just I haven't had a chance. Like I said, I I live like out in the middle of nowhere. So I, the last few times where I've been able to get to a cinema, there's been other movies out that I'm way more interested to see than Ghostbusters Afterlife. So I'm waiting for it to come on, uh, streaming stuff. Because I Paul like Rudd. Ghostbusters. Yeah, I like Paul Rudd. I like Ghostbusters. I wasn't a fan of the 2016 one they did. Oh, that was shocking. I didn't think it, I didn't think it was very funny. It was shocking. And I, I, yeah, I, I think they should have just made it where, like, they should have just made that a sequel. Did you watch The Green Knight? I did. Uh, that is my pick out of this 
this um, this category because I think The Green Knight is a fantastic movie. I was a big fan of the poem. I studied the poem both at high school and at university. Um, it's a, it's an Arthurian poem. Um, it's about it's from King Arthur. It's, uh, Sir Gawain of the Green Knight is the is the poem, and he's one of the the members of the Round Table. He's actually the nephew of King Arthur, and that is in this movie. But they don't really draw attention to it. Like King Arthur is in this, but I think they just credit him as the king because they were very much like we're going to tell Gawain's story. It's his journey. So we don't want to overshadow that by being like, oh, King Arthur's there, here's Excalibur, here's Merlin, blah, 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 blah. They're all background details for this particular night's story. And you know what? Watching this movie, it, the visuals are fantastic. The story kind of tails off because it adds a bunch of extra shit in that isn't in the poem. And it removes some of the kind of subtext that's from the poem. I won't get too deep into it because then I'm just... I'm just teaching a fucking English class at that point. But there's there's like a bunch of like religious stuff that's removed because like the the original poem has a bunch of pagan versus Christian subtext, uh, which isn't really in the film. But the film as itself, as its own thing, is really fucking good. It's almost like a horror. It has the same kind of vibe to it that Midsummer and Hereditary had. But it's not as gory or as graphic. It's just kind of got that that same eeriness to it. But it's a big adventure film as well, and it's an indie project. It's well, I say indie. It's like a, I think it's a twenty four, and they're like the big studio of indie films. But it's it's not a fucking Disney movie. It's not a Warner Brothers movie. It's it's a complete. It's, a it's like film. a separate entity. Yeah, and the fact that the CGI and the, the, the big fucking scale effects and stuff look as good as they do. It's just a good movie, man. I, I really I'll enjoyed it. List. It's on Amazon Prime, so I think I'll actually go and watch it. Um, what about Army of the Dead? I didn't even know that was a film. You've seen it. It's the Zack Snyder film. Oh, that one? It's the oh, zombie film. That was actually good fun. There was a lot of um, like Easter eggs. I want to say Easter eggs. <laughs> Yeah, I I think that my biggest issue with this movie, and Zack Snyder just cannot help himself, when he thinks of movies and stories, he thinks in like five, ten part sagas. And if you give him ten movies, you will get a complete vision. But until then, you'll get part of a vision and then another part. And I think that's where his uh, his DC stuff was kind of let down. Like, the Flash rocks up in BVS, and people were like, why, why is the Flash here? But he had a plan for that. He had a big Justice League plan that we will never get to see completed, it seems. And I think that's the same here. There was a bunch of stuff where he's like, I've put that there for a reason, and if you give me another six movies, <laughs> you will see what that reason is. But of the two zombie movies he's done, this is my least favourite. I oh, think really? his Dawn of the Dead was way better. I, I prefer this Dawn of the Dead. I don't need to watch that one. Now. I liked the characters more in that movie. Ah, fair enough. I mean, this is the one with John, not John Cena, Dave Bautista. It was. Yeah, yeah. the other one, the other, the other wrestler. Yeah, the, the other wrestler. And <laughs> um, yeah, I think it was all right. What about uh, Mortal Kombat? Now I don't know about this. You. Is this is second on the list for me? Uh, yeah, I I was actually thinking of putting it as number one because I haven't seen Green Knight. 
uh, that's my reason. <laughs> no, uh, yeah, that's fair. That's one hundred percent fair. Um, it's justified. But it's, it was also for us like we had been playing Mortal Kombat nonstop, and then when we heard this film was coming out, we were like, "Oh my god, here we go! This is going to be amazing!" And if you're a fan of the game or if you've played the game regularly, then this film is just for you. There's so many Easter eggs and little nods to the game, and it's just when you see them on screen. There's just a little child in you, and you're just like, yay, they did it, they did it, they said the line. And it's just, it's perfect. <laughs> you know what I'm really surprised by? Because this movie isn't, it, they don't do Mortal Kombat in this movie. No, they don't. This is the setup for the tournament. And I think they probably did that because the original Mortal Kombat movies from like the 80s, 90s, can't remember when they came out, but they did have the Mortal Kombat tournament in those movies. So I feel like this one wanted to distance itself from that. But I'm really surprised that Warner Brothers wasn't like, right, we're going to do a Sub-Zero and Scorpion movie first. Then we'll do a Johnny Cage movie. Then we'll do a Sonya Blade movie. And then we'll team them up like the Avengers and we'll call that movie Mortal Kombat. I am Mm. so surprised they didn't try and do that. Mm. Because I think these characters could carry their own franchises. Something that I like about the Mortal Kombat games, because I've played the story, but I think what's fun about, like, when you're just when like we're playing and we're just fighting each other, is you like can pick characters that feel like they're from completely different genres. Like Aaron Black is a cowboy and you can make him fight like a weird scorpion lady, that Devorah. They oh, feel like yeah. they're from two separate franchises. You know, because they could both be in their own subgenres of film or whatever. And I'm I'm really fucking impressed that Warner Brothers didn't try and milk this franchise for all it's worth and be like, no, we're doing Sub Zero and Scorpion first, and then we'll do Mortal Kombat. I don't think they had a lot of faith in it. Maybe that's why, you know. Yeah, but you know, studios do shit like that all the time. Who would you give the the Golden Twat Award to? I'd love to give it to the Green Knight, but since you've not seen it, and since we've both seen Mortal Kombat, and since we both love Mortal Kombat, I think we should give it to Mortal Kombat. Congratulations, Mortal Kombat. You are this year's golden twat winner. For fantasy and adventure, because I don't think we named the category. Oh. <laughs> I think we just went moving on to the next one. Congratulations. <laughs> moving on to the next one, we've got action. In this, we have Nobody, Furious Nine, Snake Eyes, no time to die, and the Kingsman. Um, I've only this seen... is an easy one. Oh yeah, easy, hands down. Congratulations, Daniel Craig. You will never play this uh, character again. What you always wanted. Well done. <laughs> yeah, he did it. He did it. What was it he said at the end of Spectre in the press time? It was like, I'd rather, I'd rather slit my own wrist than play James Bond and, again. And, and people, people still were like, oh no, man. You've got this. Like, but he's getting paid how much? And he says that? Like, right. come on. Just spoilers for like the next few seconds. Just skip ahead. Just like like a minute, two minutes. But I wonder if when he took on board this role, <laughs> when he took on board like this, this movie, he was like, right, if we're going to play James Bond again, I want to get fucking evaporated. <laughs> fucking just take me out. I, I do not want to play this character again. Do you think he was like, right, I've got an idea how to kill the character. Make him slit his wrists, because that's what I want to do. <laughs> <laughs> he was like, you know what, we'll make it the last scene, I'll do it for real, please. I don't want to do this anymore. I'm done with this character. Right, you'll tell the- anyway, anyway. Um, hands down, very great film. Great action, 
very different. I felt it needed a refresh, you know, uh, the way they did the story. I really it looked gorgeous as well. All yeah. the sets, the locations, it, it looked fantastic. Good. Action top. It had some really fantastic one-off characters, like I mean, Anna Diarmas, who'd come in for like a, a couple scenes. Who's that? She was she was brilliant. Oh, right. That weird little henchman guy, the two of them, the the posh American fucker, and the one with the, the one who looked like a young Robert De Niro. I felt uh, Rami Sammy. What's his name? Rami Malek? Yeah, his Rami Malek. His Fucking name, hell. His, his character was quite forgettable, I feel. Um, yeah, I was really surprised they didn't just make him Dr. No. Yeah, that's what I was expecting. I thought they were going to be like, here's another villain, because it's like the last Bond film of Craig's era would have the same villain as the first ever Bond villain. I thought that could have been a fun bit of poetry. But, but no. no, it's just some guy. Um, what about... Nobody? Who was referenced Inspector? He was actually talked about Inspector. Was he? I didn't even know. Um, Madeline Swan, the love interest, says that when she was a little girl, a man came to her house looking for her father. Oh, yeah. And she shot him. Um, when you get and that? they paid that off. I didn't realise because I think it was like after No Time to Die, I went back and watched Spectre. And I was like, oh, it's the, oh, we did it's that. the fucker they talked yeah. about. Yeah. Um, what about Nobody? That's the one from Better Call Saul. Yeah, I, I saw this described as um John Wick, but with that guy from Better Call Saul. And that's uh, how going to describe it, it. It looked good, but I've I've not had a chance to watch it. Apparently, by all means, it's like a really it's a really good film. Um, it's kind of in that genre for me where it's like we're gonna take an old guy and he's like the best fucking action person. You know, it's um it's taken. Yeah. It's, it's, the, it's yeah. the new Rambo. It's it's you know it's shit like that where it's like, this old guy's got one last mission to do. What about um, the King's Man? Have you seen that one? Uh, I've not seen it because I thought it was delayed till next year. Oh, I kept seeing trailers for it out, and I was like, wow, they're really advertising that. By next year, I mean this year, twenty twenty two. I know we're breaking down twenty twenty one. But we're recording it in 2022 because we can't, we can't organize ourselves properly. Well, we did, um, sort of. Maybe not. Maybe you're right. I'm sorry. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, um, I mean, it looks good. I'm just a bit hesitant because the last one was okay. It wasn't amazing. Um, I just. Think I think they're fun. That they're just like these like fun throwbacky spy adventure films. Because on this list, again, we've got five for action. We've got Nobody, F9, Snake Eyes, No Time to Die, The King's Man. And out, out of these, the only ones I saw was No Time to Die and F9. Same. Um, Snake Eyes. I Snake heard. Eyes, I've got no interest in. I heard it was bad. That's all I know. It's it's G.I. Joe. I, I don't... I, it's like a big action movie of this year. It was getting a lot of... I saw, I, I saw like a lot of people being like, wow... We're getting a lot of movies that have like Asian representation. We're getting Shang-Chi, we're getting Mortal Kombat, and we're getting Snake Eyes. And I'm like, yeah, but they're all like they're all like ninja films. Like give us something like, different. It's like Asian people can do more in film than just play ninjas. <laughs> like, like, come on. Hollywood's it's great that they're getting these big blockbusters, you know, where it's like for representation, but they're all ninja movies. What did you think of F9? Loved it. It's those movies have like 
completely transformed into just comic book illogical bullshit and i'm 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 here for it there's some of the most stupid shit happens in those movies and i i I love it it give me more yeah what what is a shame though is if you watch the trailers before seeing that movie it ruins everything does it yeah because like they've released one trailer because obviously this was the first movie that got delayed and they delayed it by like a year when everything started getting delayed at cinemas so they released one trailer that I thought was really good. It's my favorite trailer of like all these movies. At least off, it's like the one that I can think of off the top of my head. So it must have been a really good one. Um, and I was like, wow, fuck it. That looks really good. And then when they had to start re-promoting it, they could just release the same trailer again. So they had to show more of like the other set pieces. So they started showing more of like the magnet bit. And it was like stuff like that where... When all the, because they were, oh, we need to show them all the cool set pieces because we kind of showed some of the stuff in the previous trailer. And by the time the movie came out, I was like, oh, well, I've, I've seen the bit in, in the trailer. Oh, I've seen that bit in the trailer. And that's on me. I should have avoided the trailers, but still, I, I can't help it. I, I, I don't I can't really give help too it, much Seb. shit about these films. They're just so. I'm sorry, Seb. I'm sorry. Please, please forgive me. It's okay. I'll, I'll, um, actually, I won't forgive you. Changed my mind. Um, I'm, I'm going to make a stand. I'm not going to forgive you. Um, I like there was, a, there was an actual moment of contemplation of just, actually, no, I won't. I won't. I choose not to. Do you know what? I've, I've considered your uh, your apology, and I'm going to refuse it. Um, but I would def- yeah, No Time to Die is the best one. F9 is all right. It's just crap. You, you don't really like these movies, do you? I loved Fast Five. I thought that was amazing. But then after that... You must be really excited for our Fast and Furious episode coming up in a couple weeks. Can I not participate in that episode? Do you actually not? Do you actually want to sit that one out? No, I'll I'll, I'll do the intro and then I'll let you and Bruce talk because I have nothing to put in. I, and then when we get to Fast Five, you can, you'll can you chime in. I'll, I'll hop in and then I'll say... I'll, my, I'm just going to be saying the same thing for all the other films. They're all mediocre shite. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, that's a little, I guess that we we can use that as a teaser for the next. It was not the next episode. It's like three episodes. Of, anyway, it doesn't matter. Anyway, um, so, um, so I guess I guess we're giving the Action Golden Twat Award to No Time to Die. Congratulations, Daniel Craig. You can rest peacefully. Hundred um, percent deserves it. To kill himself. Um, no, he deserves the Golden Twitter Award. Oh right, okay. He's 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 my favorite Bond. He's a hundred percent my favorite Bond. One hundred percent. And No Time to Die is my second favorite Bond film. Right behind, right behind Casino Royale. Yes, and it's right in front of Goldeneye. Oh, okay, interesting. I need to go back and watch that. Um, it's what, very good. What about horror? How would you like to do this, sir? I think we should just rattle through this one because there was a bunch of horror films that I missed this year purely because, again, not having the ability to see them. Some of them didn't get released here the same time as they got released elsewhere. Some of them were like on certain streaming services that we don't get over here. So there was a bunch that I ended up missing. I really wanted to see, like the little list we have here, is Spiral, A Quiet Place 2, The Conjuring, The Devil Made Me Do It, Old, Candyman, Malignant and Halloween Kills. And I saw Quiet Place 2. I think I saw it with you actually. Didn't we see it at the cinema together? We did, yeah. I sat next to you. 
and we saw the country and the devil maybe do it together as well i think to me of the ones i've seen those two a quiet place is my favorite I, I really liked that movie it's just John um i don't directing you mean yeah yeah, because he, he started the first one, but he's not in this one. Although I do think the best part of this movie is the opening where you see it cuts back to day zero or day one when you see the initial attack. And I love that sequence. Yeah, I'd agree with that. And I think it's in a uh, it's made to look like one take. Um, which is Yeah, he, he, he broke it down. And <laughs> I, I, I actually kind of regret watching his breakdown of it because he showed what all the seams were and once you know where they are, you can see, it's so fucking obvious. I mean, it, rule of thumb, anytime the camera is blocked by something, you know, that's... that's. But there's, there's one where the camera isn't blocked. It's like he opens a door and the camera travels from showing him inside the car to outside the car and there's like a weird effect on the camera where it kind of like... Merges them together. Like, yeah, it, it's like it sort of wobbles. It's very subtle. I didn't notice it when I was seeing it in cinemas, but once he pointed it out on this video, I was like, "Oh fuck, god fucking damn it!" I'm gonna see that every time I see this film now. Oh, um, yeah. um, thing is though, right? As much as I like that movie, I thought A Quiet Place was just a a perfect film on its own. Yeah, it, and it, if I, I could change could anything. Be. I take the opening of a quiet place two and add it on to the start of quiet place one. Like I would, I would open a quiet place with the initial attack, and then you cut into the future. I disagree. I would keep the original start of quiet place and then use the opening of quiet place two as a flashback. At some point else during the movie. Yeah. Oh, that could work. Yeah, that could be good. I still enjoyed it. I think I think it's 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 the I think it is the one I would give the Golden Twilight Award to because unfortunately there's a bunch of horror movies I didn't get to see. Candyman. I really wanted to see. Have you seen Candyman? Yeah, it's actually really good. I I give that a one. Oh fuck! Oh, I really want to see that one. Is it on streaming anywhere? I don't know, but it's linked to the original, so I recommend you watch the original, which is on Netflix. I think. I've not seen the original. We can watch the original together and then do a Candyman episode well that'd be nice i'm pretty sure the director of Candyman is the new director of the marvels would you give your golden twat award to Candyman? oh i think quiet place 2 and Candyman, they're both good um but i was i was more i was more on the edge of my seat for Candyman, but then again i was still like, like enjoying quiet place 2 can you do joint awards? Can we do a joint award? Yeah, yeah, of course we can. We're making this show. This is our... This no, is this our is they ours. all get awards. They all win. Fuck it. Well, not all of them. The, the best horror movie of 2021 is The Shining. How about that? <laughs> <laughs> we can say whatever we want. This is, this is our award. The best horror story um, is your life. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'd love... I'd love to give it to Malignant because I've heard that apparently Malignant is like a really fucking good horror movie. I I didn't bother putting Demonic on this list because even though I love Neil Bon uh, Neil Blomkamp, blah, 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 I love his movies. His Demonic film, it was the least Blomkampy of all of his work. It's the it's a very generic. Oh, there's a demon and it's possessing people. Blah blah blah. It's like one of those movies. Uh-huh. And. There's some interesting stuff, there's some fun stuff, but the movie was shit. 
and I, I was so annoyed because I was like, I'm going to get that movie on Blu-ray because it will go with the rest of the collection I've got of his work. And when I sat down and watched it, I was like, Why? I've got to get it on Blu-ray, but I don't want to. <laughs> <laughs> I have to complete the set, but I really don't fucking want to. I, I have um, what about The Beach That Makes You Old? I'm sorry, what? Have you seen it? The, the Beach That Makes You Old, is that this, movie. This is a horror film. It, it's on the list. It's on the list. The Beach That Makes You Old. Have you not heard about this movie? Is this still on horror? Yeah, it's the M. Night Shyamalan movie. I, this, this it's actually... written here as old, because that's what oh, the movie's called. <laughs> but it's about a beach that makes you old. You go into a beach, and you get old. Oh, can I just say, I think that's the best horror film. <laughs> <laughs> the beach that makes you old. You know what, that just gives me the fear. Because wouldn't that be awful, you're young, and then you go into a beach, and then you're old? Like Apparently... I've not seen it. I've not found anywhere where I can where can I, I can actually can I watch just it. Can make a wee interjection? Next time we do a wrap up, I feel we need to watch all the films instead of just going. We'll just pick those ones. Yeah, but it's. I want to watch the films, but it's hard to watch them all when they're all all over the place. Yeah, some true. of them don't get released in theaters. Some of them get released on streaming. Some of them are only streaming in America. Um, I don't have to illegally acquire all of these movies. Um, that being said, every movie that is on the animated list is available to watch in this country for free. I just couldn't be bothered watching them. <laughs> I didn't have it. the time and I finally could be bothered. <sighs> uh, but anyway, that's uh, The Beach That Makes You Old was M. Night Shyamalan's movie. And there's a scene, apparently, where there's these two little kids who, because they are rapidly growing, they grow into like teenagers and then they become suddenly horny. Oh, nice. And then they fuck. And then this kid gets pregnant and has to give birth. And then the baby dies. On the beach? Yeah. On the beach that makes you old. <laughs> okay. It's it's apparently a very weird movie. So that, that wins the award for me. Okay. Because sure. that sounds like... That sounds fucking horrible. I mean, I suppose a weird... It sounds, it sounds just... It sounds like a bad movie... It sounds like a terrifying concept, and it sounds like it was completely mishandled from start to finish. So that is going to be my pick for the Golden Twitter Awards. Congratulations, you've done it again, Shyamalan. Um, and Halloween Kills is apparently just a massive trailer for another Halloween movie. Nice. Awesome. Looking forward to that. <laughs> um, what about animation? For animated, we have Luca, Encanto... Raya and the Last Dragon, The Mitchells versus the Machines, and Ron's Gone Wrong. What did you think of them? Uh, the only two I, I sorry, the only one I've seen is Encanto, and I fucking loved it. It is a very good one. I, I, it, it was, it's a, it's a very sweet movie. I've just noticed. I like the music. Yeah, I just noticed that. Um, at at the moment, I feel that Disney's go-to stories for the animation part is. Looking at a specific culture, for example, Mexican, Chinese, Spanish, and making the main message of the film family, because you had Coco, that was a Mexican uh, culture, looking looking at the Day of the Dead, um, and then at the end it was about family. Then you had... Uh, oh, Moana, which Mo- I suppose was like Polynesia. Yeah, there you go, and it had a lot of... Uh, that was but- The Rock. Uh, you also had... Oh, yeah. Um, just trying to think of another one. Would soul count? I don't know, like for black music and everything. I don't know, jazz. Yeah, because it's it's very like about jazz and 
that type of stuff. Yeah. I do think you're right, though. I do think Disney does seem to be doing, like, deep dives into cultures because Ray on the Last Dragon on here is about... Um, uh, it's kind of, it's, got, it's inspired by Chinese culture. Yeah. Um, Luca is, like, a little town in Italy. Yeah. And apparently that's quite embedded into the identity. I've not seen it. You have. Yeah, it's based on the director's life. Well, not based, but it's, like, inspiration is drawn from the director's life. So... Out of the two that you've seen, Encanto mm-hmm. and Luca, which one would you say is your favourite? Um, well, neither. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I fucking hated both of them. No, I would have because to... I do think you're right. I do think that, you know, there are those... Disney is doing, like, a cultural deep dive with a lot of its movies. Do you think that has any impact on the quality of the movie? No, I, I think, to be honest, I think it makes it uh, stand out a wee bit more. It makes it more interesting to watch. Um because I was but do you do you think that the movie becomes automatically good because it's exploring a new culture or do you think the movie should also be good on top of that um yeah i don't want to be watching the animated documentary about this specific culture i think the story and the you know the culture that they're looking at has there, there needs to be a balance and so far in the two films that i've watched there's 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 been that balance you know because the relationship between luca and the other fish boy, the other sea monster friend, it's 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 a good relationship, and you warm to those characters, and um, and the animation is beautiful in these two films. It's absolutely gorgeous. It's amazing how far they've come, and um, with technology and everything. But I do think there there needs to be a balance, and you get that in Encanto as well. Like you really warm to the yeah. characters and the family. I think I I I I quite liked Encanto because I thought they they did quite a good job of um. They, they put a bunch of like cultural elements in there, which they, it, I don't think they ever specify what country they're saying or what language they speak or anything like that. But they put those, Spanish. they put different cultural touch. Is it Spanish? It's Spanish. But it was like watching that film, it was like there's there's stuff that we put in animated movies, like, like English people um, or Scottish people, British people. We have like our cultural touchstones. Mm-hmm. So we might have like stone circles and fairies and fucking all that type of shit stuff that kind of like those western designs or like those british designs whatever those little touchstones this film seemed to have like it had spanish architecture if it is like the spanish culture and it had those kind of like visual elements placed in I think that is good for representation because it isn't like going hey look at here's a little documentary about spanish stuff it was just treating it like it was an everyday thing because it's in like a magical world. So it it's like all like, oh, look in this stuff and there's like magic and they all have like magic yeah. powers and it's kind of like the X-Men or whatever. But it's using different cultural elements to show that message off. And it works. And I thought that was like, yeah. And I think it's like that's a that's a really good way to explore a culture in a fantasy setting where you just normalize it, you know? You don't have to be like... Because you know people are going to be like, oh, why is why are all these characters black in Mexico and blah, blah, blah? Why why isn't it a white person's the main character? You'll get people who complain like that. And it's like... It's, it's about fucking people who can control flowers and are super strong. It's why do they have to be white? Why can't, why can't a different culture have their iconography used to tell a fantasy story? You so know? People just have to complain um, about is, is that what we're going to go for for the um, Golden Twa Award for animation? 
Yeah, because I think that that run's gone wrong. I've not seen it, but all the things I've seen of that are like, hey, Baymax was cute in Big Hero 6, so we're going to do like a little Baymax. But he's legally distinct from Baymax. And Mitchell's versus the Machines, I've seen clips of it because my nephews were watching it over Christmas. And visually, it looks fantastic. Mm-hmm. It's by the same people who did Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse. Oh, really? And that that movie looked gorgeous. Yeah, it's it's um, the same directors, same same team, I think. Oh. Um, and that movie, it looks fantastic. Um, I've not seen it, so I can't comment on the actual story, but visually, it's supposed to be quite groundbreaking. Wonderful and um, yeah... And Ray and the Last Dragon, I've not seen, so I can't comment. Um, but if it's as good as Encanto, then that's great. That's well, great. Congratulations, Encanto. You are the golden twat of animation. Now, moving on to a, a, a different category, TV series. We're going to be looking at TV series now. We're going to take a break from films and move on to TV series. So the TV shows that we have now are Midnight Mass, Dope Sick, Succession, Squid Game, and It's a Sin. I have only seen... Yeah, to, to, to be honest, when putting together the list of like the top TV shows, trying to there's been so much TV come out this year, trying to find the stuff that's... Because we, we've tried to pick movies that are, like have been in the public consciousness... We've we've put like a few smaller indie movies here and there, like Pig and shit like that. Um, but we've tried to pick the ones that are like at the top of the public consciousness. Yeah. You know, that are talked about a lot, that were the most successful. Um, or at least the most heavily advertised or whatever. But trying to pick T V shows that were like this was universally talked about that wasn't a comic book property is hard to do. Squid Game is like one of the biggest TV shows ever. I really enjoyed it. However, I I think it by the time I got around to watching it, I think it had been overhyped a little bit uh-huh. because I'd seen like I'd seen horror movies and other TV shows with similar premise where a bunch of people have to compete with each other like over life and death stuff to win a cash prize. Mm-hmm. I've I've seen that before elsewhere. You know, it, it Stuff like that they've been doing like Doctor Who and shit. So it wasn't like a unique idea. It wasn't a completely original idea. But the story was really good. And I think it's it's good that, you know, Korean cinema seems to be making its way into like the the Western mainstream, which is good. But personally, of all the TV shows that I've seen this year that aren't comic book stuff, and unfortunately that's not been a lot, that to me was Midnight Mass. And we've got here that yeah, because we've we've listed Midnight Mass, Dope Six, Succession, Squid Game, and It's a Sin. The only ones I've seen are Midnight Mass and Squid Game. I've only seen Dope Six. Um, so this this is probably more of like a I'll pick my favorite, you pick your favorite. I don't think we need to get too much into this, but I think what is interesting is that the the biggest TV shows are the ones that are on streaming. Mm-hmm. streaming seems to be the home for tv maybe not not necessarily movies as we'll talk about later i guess but in terms of tv i think netflix was kind of killing it this year yeah they they released quite a lot of original stuff um but we didn't include them on this list have we 
Well, there's because there's like I was trying to find stuff that was um, that had had one season get released. Like it was a limited series. It was just like a, a new show that had come up this year. I think Succession has come out quite a few times, but every time I'd be looking up best TV shows of 2021, people are like Succession. Succession's really good, and I figured I thought you might have seen it, but uh, I was wrong. Why? Um, Here's a question: Why did we not mention Sex Education? <laughs> yeah, Sex Education was really good, but again, because I was like, well, that's season three, and if we're talking about the show as a whole, then it it didn't really like like personally i think the best actually no i think the best season of sex education is season three which did come out in 2021 mm-hmm. but we can do a whole episode but i that. love midnight mass what's that about? yeah maybe we'll... it's um i don't want to tell you okay, and i'm not going to get too much into it because <laughs> it's a personal thing um when i went into it the only thing i'd seen was a clip of um uh, a Muslim and a Christian were debating about the different ways that their religions were taught in their school. Mm-hmm. And it was like a debate being held in a school, in like a school classroom, so like, like a parents' evening type thing or something like that. So I thought it was like a show about religious ideology and how that clashes, but it's actually a horror series. Oh. And it it's very fascinating and it's it it's really interesting and that's all because it say. takes certain horror tropes but is like put through a biblical lens and kind of shows how easily people can be like tricked if they believe in something enough it's it's fucking it's really good it's seven episodes okay. and i really fucking loved it so i think that's going to that's going to be my golden twat Award of the year. That's your what about you? Pretty Not of the year of the, of TV shows. Of TV shows, that's, <laughs> that's the main one. Um, for me, well, it's because it's the only one I've watched, and halfway through, I haven't even watched it in its entirety. But it's Dope Sick, which is a really good show that has quite a lot of big actors. You have Michael Keaton. Uh, you have the girl who played Ahsoka in the live action, the live action version of Ahsoka in Mandalorian. Um, you've also got the actor playing uh, Adam Warlock. Uh, he's in it, playing a sales assistant. Um, I think it came on, I think it was HBO Max or something, but then Disney managed to get it. It says it's a uh, star original, but I think they got it over um, from one of the other American streaming shows. But it's really good. It's an, it's like a biopic um, about, do you know the drug Oxycontin? Do you know anything about that? Pain relief pill? Oh, uh, Yeah. Yeah, it's basically yeah, I've heard about that. how it was like a massive scandal in America, how this company um, were fal- falsely advertising it as oh, it's less than 1% of people become addicted, which wasn't the case. Everyone got addicted to this, but this company kept on just giving it to doctors, prescribing it to people, and it was really easy to access it, like to get this drug because it was a pain relief. Um, and it's a really interesting and gripping story. In some moments, it's quite dark, and you're like, oh, oh my God, they, they did this? You know, they just lied to the public. <laughs> like, there's one scene about how there's this advertisement of the drug, and it's a small thing where no one is saying the name of the drug. They're not saying Oxycontin, and they're just saying this pain relief medicine, and then it's slowly revealed 
that they deliberately did that. They didn't want the people to say Oxycontin. And it was only after they shot... Oh, shit. It was only after they had shot or interviewed these people, the com- um, the editing team were told by the company, like, okay, can you now add in the words Oxycontin and doing all the labeling of it? I was like, holy... F- oh, my God. You know? And, and that's just the tip of the iceberg. That sounds quite good. Uh, this is just episode... Is, is the... Hmm? Is that episode one? That's just episode one, you know. Is the entire series out on Disney Plus now? Yeah, it's it's on Disney Plus, isn't it? Yeah, it's very good. And like the sales assistants, what they had to do, like they were just lying uh, to the doctors because you know they all like all they are interested in is money, you know. And so they're they're, sh- they're giving it out to uh, these doctors. Michael Keaton is playing a doctor. Um, and the guy who's going to play Adam Warlock, he's a sales assistant. And I'm only on episode three, but I feel he's slowly going, oh, this this drug doesn't seem, oh, am I do, am, am I a good guy? Like, it's, <laughs> it's ridiculously scary because, you know, it genuinely happened. Um, and it's it's quite scary, quite frightening. Um, but I, I, I would definitely put it as my... Uh, I've forgotten the name of our awards. Our golden, tw- I would, I would give it the golden twat award for TV go. shows. It, it's very good, um, and quite just, not scary, but you kind of just sit there going, oh, this, this happened. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think we should move on to our last two categories, and I think because we've talked about comic book shit a lot on this podcast, yeah. um, I think we should just both. Because we want to talk about box office of the last year and the best performing, worst performing, and we'll, we want to, you know, we want to we want to finish this up. We, we want to go to bed. So let's 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 rattle this. Let's finish this off quite quickly. What would you say was your best comic book movie? The best comic book movie you saw this year. What is the Golden Twitter Award for oh, comic book movies? The for you? best one. I can't do like my top five. The best. Oh, oh, no, no, the the best one. We didn't do a top five for the others. I mean, that's, I suppose technically we did, but whatever. Um, this, of all the ones we've seen this year, which is the your absolute favourite? Oh, it has to go to Spider-Man No Way Home. Like, I've seen that three times. Like, Yeah, same here. Spoilers again, just seeing Andrew and Toby back playing Spider-Man, seeing the villains, Alfred Molina, Willem Dafoe. Like, go check our podcast on that, where we literally just watched it, but it was just amazing. You know, it delivered... As a trilogy, um, it's an incredible story. It's like what a character development uh, for Peter Parker as well. You see him grow in these three films. It's, it does everything. It brings back Daredevil. You know, it's uh, the Matt Murdock from the Daredevil series on Netflix. Uh, Charlie Cox. It's, it's 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 perfect. It's kind of like the um, it's kind of like the basic answer to say because it is it is the biggest movie, but it is to me the best comic book movie that's come out this year. One, because like I said, it does what I think all good comic book movies should do and sticks to like a a kind of mini-series format. You know, mm-hmm. every, every 20, 30 minutes in this movie feels like a new issue, which I think is yeah. like, that's what keeps most of these really good comic book movies energetic, is that feeling of, you know, oh, I'm, I'm reading a comic and all that shit. Um, but also, 
it does manage to do a lot and it managed to do all of this during a pandemic mm-hmm. and i think as as people watch it more and as you know it gets released on home media i think the seams of how it was filmed in the pandemic are going to become more and more obvious but the fact that this was pulled off at all is to me quite impressive um and it's just it's just a good time it's just fun mm-hmm. it's just yeah it might not be the deepest it, it has i think it has it its has moments. deep moments it does yeah it has these really it has nice character moments it's it's not like a the most artistic movie perhaps it's it i don't think it's gonna win best picture at the oscars even though apparently it, it might um, win the best golden twat award put it that way you know it, it might... 100% will win the best golden twat award um, but it, it's just, it's just fun. It's perfect. And I like that comic book movies are allowed to just be fun. Yeah. What about, uh, the comic book TV series? Let's move on to those. Um, do you um, want to go first? I personally think it, it might be the Falcon of the Winter Soldier. That's what I was going to say. <laughs> Oh really? Oh, perfect. I mean, perfect. I was I was gonna say before we go into that, I wanted to give honorable mentions to Invincible, and uh, just very briefly, I thought that animation yeah was amazing. It makes me want to read the compendiums. Like I really want to read them, explore that universe uh, in depth. So thank you, Invincible. <laughs> um, I also want to shout out to <laughs> Superman and Lois. I finally binge watched that and I thoroughly enjoyed it. I've maybe fall in love with Superman again. I actually like the Superman in this. He's a great Clark Kent, and I really like his Superman. Um, that's a good shout. One uh, Division. I have a soft spot for that. You know, maybe a bit weird to begin with, but as a story for Wanda and Vision, beautiful, beautiful story. But for me, see, this is this is the thing because I agree. I think Wonder that they their story at the heart of that show is done really well. But I also think a big part of the appeal for WandaVision was watching it week to week when it was coming out. Mm. Trying to solve the mystery. And I haven't gone back and watched it as one oh, big chunk it. yet to see if it is a story that pays off. It's Do it. If the mysteries are, sat- are resolved in a satisfying way if you watch it all together. I would recommend uh, it. It's very good. Um, but no, as we've come to the conclusion, The Falcon and the Winter Soldier is our comic book TV series twat of the year. Twat of the, golden twat of the year. Um, why, 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 why is it for you? It felt like an epilogue to Endgame. Mm-hmm. And if, I feel like this is the show that should have been the first show released post-Endgame. Because it seemed to set up a theme that has been in almost every MCU project um, so far, which is the aftermath of the snap and how it has affected people. Uh, Hawkeye deals with it. Um, WandaVision deals with it. Uh, Shang-Chi, not really. Shang-Chi kind of like very barely touches on the snap at all, loosely. But Eternals touches on it. Um... Far from home touches on it. I know that's phase three, but it feel it was supposed to be phase four, whatever. But the fact that you also you pass the mantle on, and that's something that's coming up a lot more. Hawkeye passes the mantle on. 
thought is potentially going to pass the mantle on, it felt like it was this opening of a door to a, a new sort of era where we are going to get lesser known characters coming in and taking on these big roles, you know, and we're going to get more diversity. We're going to get new characters, new stories, new backgrounds, you know, and we can have minor characters from the comics come in like, um, uh, you know, play around with, like we can have Moon Knight, we can have She-Hulk, we can have Echo, we can have all this stuff now because you've got, but no, it, it was just, it was one of those shows that in terms of like what it means for the, the franchise as a whole going forward, I feel like it was kind of important, but also as like a, as like a smaller scale story, when you have these big fucking Avenger level threat movies, to just pull back and have yeah, these two men yeah. explore their relationship of being friends mm-hmm. is really nice. It's a nice change, you know. Place, you know, and it's nice to have a show where two guys just explain to each other how they feel mm-hmm. and apologize for how they've made the other person feel. because yeah. too many TV shows have pointless drama where there's a misunderstanding and it gets tracked on for six episodes. Mm-hmm. And for me, it's more so it's these two characters who are technically side characters in the films getting their own story. It's just, for me, that that's that's what I love about it. Yeah. Um, so congratulations, um, The Falcon and the Winter Soldier. You are this year's comic book TV series of the year. Woo! Uh, golden golden twat, twat of the year. Um, there, there we go. <laughs> I, th- I think that wraps up this year's Golden Twats Award. Um, how did you think the first year went? Or this first edition went. Yeah, I, uh, I, I think this year has been interesting. I, I think um, there's been a lot of good movies. I think it has been because as much as I complain about HBO Max, because HBO Max have lost a lot of money and they've made some stupid fucking decisions, but it's been good for me because I've got to watch movies fairly easily. Yeah. Fairly yeah. stress free, not having to fucking travel around as much. That's um, true. So, in terms of me, the consumer, it was fucking great decision. In terms of running a business, terrible decision. Well, that's not your They problem. have lost so much money this year. That's not your problem. I don't think Warner Brothers have made a profit on any of their movies. Like I said, it's not your problem. You're the consumer. You need to be happy. You've got films to watch, Thomas. You've got two weeks <laughs> th- holiday. Just chill I th- and watch all those movies. I- I genuinely think the reason I, I think because they've lost so much money on their movies, that's why they're now deciding to sell off the CW, because it hasn't been profitable since two thousand and six. Apparently. Oh my god! Just just stop, just stop while you're ahead. What about you? What did you think of this year in film? Do you think um, it was a good year? Do you think it? Give me I, your thoughts. I think I think it was a good year. You know, I think I was just over the moon to see Spider-Man. That that made me happy. I was good to get back into the cinema. I was happy seeing all these films. And, you know, £5 deal at View, you know, it was great. And there were some films that I didn't see, like, June. Like, I heard everyone was talking about it, but I wasn't, like, rushing to go see it. So there were some films where I wasn't overly hyped for. And I don't know who's at fault there. I don't know if it's just me going, I can't be arsed, you know, just leave it out. Um, but well, you know what, then? What, what we should do is we should take note of all the movies we haven't seen. And then, over the next couple of weeks, if we get if we see those movies, we should tune in and go. Actually, I'd change my answer. I'd change my answer for what I think the golden 
twat. Was it the Golden Twat Awards? You know like... <laughs> the Golden Twat Award for animation would actually be Mitchells versus the Machines or whatever. I'm going to quote you on that, and you're going to watch that and see if that is the case. We're going to say it. We're going to say it. With this, this is subject to change. To be honest, I've probably I I can't remember half the things I said. One in this. It's a long one, man. It's a long one. Um... Well, there's a lot to talk about. We we covered an entire year of film, and we only saw half of it. So... I think we've done an impressive job. Um, yeah. So what what will I we... love that you started giving such an in depth review for fucking um, TikTok. What was it? Right. This. Yeah. No, no. It was the other one, the one you hadn't seen. And you're like, yeah, it was House House of Gucci. House of Gucci. Like, yeah, in the first five minutes they they really struggled to set these characters up. I'm like, You've not seen the movie, Sam. What are you talking about? But guess what? What are you talking about? If you go back and listen to that, I was I was confident in what I was saying. Any idiot would have thought he's seen that film. <laughs> uh next week we'll be talking about the MCU timeline and we will be uh doing a full in-depth breakdown about how it it makes sense except for like two things and one of them sony's fault remember to check us out on twitter uh and instagram you know cape first podcast uh where we'll be keeping you up to date with all the latest mcu news star wars have you been posting on that lately not recently but uh, (laughs) (laughs) not for like we'll be keeping you up to date when we can be fucked When, when we can be fucked um, but yeah, check us out, Cape Verse uh, Pod on Twitter and Cape Verse Podcast on Instagram. Uh, so check those out. And thanks for listening. And we will see you in the not so distant future. <laughs>